0: They're Ben and Aaron, and they love sharing about their love for Jesus and food covered in cheeses. Weird news, history, sports regaled from a generation raised playing Organ Trail. National celebrations almost every day. There's only one thing I have to say. Don't you point or stare at their lack of hair. Yes, they're follically challenged, so sing along with the Biblical Baldy ballad. Get out of here, Baldy, get out of here, Baldy, if you don't know what I mean. Read 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 23. Get out of here, Baldy, get out of here, Baldy, if you don't know what I mean. If you don't know what I mean. Come and take a listen to your two bald kings.
1: Blessed be, Baldy Buddies, and welcome to another episode of the Get Out of Here Baldy Podcast. We are at episode seventy. Feels almost spiritual, seven kind of. Times yeah,
2: 20. no, yeah. It's it's almost like is Jesus going to come back right after this or something, or maybe I don't know.
1: Could be. Well, I'm your host, Aaron Michaud, and that other voice is my friend and colleague, Pastor Ben Hitsfield. Brother, how you doing? Oh man, I love it. I love it. I mean, it's going to be a busy week, and there's a lot to do. But this is what
2: this is what I live for. This is this is it, man. I mean, this is great. I mean, a lot of good things at the church, family events, and then just a lot of special. Um, just special times of of memories to to make. I just love this time of year.
1: It is so great, and it's like it's just easy to talk t- about Jesus, which I really, oh, yeah, I love. Amen. Good stuff. Amen. Yeah. All right. So we're gonna see if we have fun this week or not. Our Baldy of the week is ebenezer scrooge mm, this is a good I one. thought this would be fun like yeah yeah it's great uh, ebenezer scrooge he's the protagonist of charles dickens 1843 short novel a christmas carol at the beginning of the novella scrooge is a cold-hearted miser who despises christmas the tale of his redemption by three spirits the ghost of christmas past the ghost of christmas present and the ghost of christmas yet to come mm. has become a defining tale of the christmas holiday in the english-speaking world Dickens describes Scrooge thus early in the story. The cold within him froze his old features, mm. nipped his pointed nose, shriveled his cheek, stiffened his gait, made his eyes red, his thin lips blue, and spoke out shrewdly in his grating voice. Mm. Toward the end of the novella, the three spirits show Scrooge the error of his ways and he becomes a better, more generous man. Scrooge's name has entered the English language as a byword for greed and misanthropy. While his catchphrase "Bah humbug" is often used to express disgust with many of the modern Christmas traditions, so Ben, what do you think makes Chris, the Christmas Carol uh, such a memorable story and Ebenezer Scrooge such a memorable character? So much of
2: of this time of year, we we talk about uh, giving gifts, and he kind of it, it's 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 an older story than the Grinch who stole Christmas. Mm. But it's mm. a very similar sort of tales yeah. there, you know, two characters whose uh, hearts we could imagine were two sizes too small or whatever two it is. Two sizes
1: too, I love it.
2: And and it, there's just something about the, I mean, obviously that's not a story that we would tell unless there was the happy ending that happened. I mean, that would be a sucky story just to tell that story and just have Scrooge die a death. Alone and by himself, and just
1: becomes another Jacob Marley. yeah, exactly. Yeah.
2: and so that's what what they're warning against. And so a big I think a, a big pre- reason why we love that that story is because of the redemption factor and it it appeals to us because we've we've all uh, messed up. We've all been Scrooge at times. and so mm. we we all need the message that there's hope for us, just like there was hope for Scrooge.
1: Yeah, I think you're right. It is a story that taps into those themes of redemption and transformation that we all know that we need. Yeah. And um yeah, it's just it's, it's very interesting that that too just confronting there's something about the story that I love where he like goes back and the past one's just seeing you know, past choices from a, a new perspective. Yeah. Yeah. And how challenging that is. I'm like, that would be really interesting to be able to to do that. Yeah. And then like the ghost of Christmas present, just getting him outside of himself mm-hmm. and like seeing what his choices or his greed actually the impact that it's having on yeah. you know um, present day people. But what's his name? What's is the guy's it Tiny name? Tiny Tim. Tiny well, Tiny Tim's a little kid. I was trying to think Bob Cratchit. Oh, isn't Bob it? Cratchit, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um yeah. uh, and just yeah, like uh, and how yeah. like even that guy who has every reason to be bitter at Scrooge does yeah. isn't yeah. like and how oh, impactful yeah. that was when he actually sees that with his own eyes, wow. yeah, um yeah, and then the glimpse into the future, I think uh, um, just a reminder of what's actually coming your way if you don't, yeah, and I like those because it's like there there's some aspect of. Again, biblical themes there yeah. that I think we in the same way I think like taking an honest look at our our past. Yeah, yeah. Um, really, like maybe looking at our present from some other person's perspective, mm. and the scriptures do give us a glimpse into what is the future for someone who would yeah. choose to not yield themselves uh, yeah. to God. We give, and, and so I don't know. There's, it's just tapping into all mm. sorts of. Good things that I think is why it resonates with with uh, people over the years.
2: I think the no. the rich man and Lazarus that parable really um, mm. gives us a similar, you know uh, sort of foreboding warning to uh, those who are are greedy and, and arrogant mm. and um, not necessarily rich because that's not the problem. it's it's the arrogance, it's the greed, it's the um, it's the unwillingness to open our heart towards others in need. When we have something to give, and yeah, uh, you know that's really the problem.
1: Um, I mean, I don't know I've talked a bit about it recently, is but it's that Malachi piece that they're withholding the tithe from the yeah. poor, mm-hmm. and it's just funny that that's one of the things that happened to the people of God yeah. when they lost hope in Messiah's coming.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. And
1: for us, it's a, it's the same reminder that that's just it's only yeah. one of the areas that I think the enemy will attack us. But I think it is the the same. And I think that story highlights that again. You just become come hard and yeah. and miserly towards those around you. Not a good thing. So easy. Now there now there have been like a ton of renditions of this story over yep, the years. Right. God, just reading a, a, the, a, those few quotes and descriptions of him make me want to go back and actually read the book now. Um, but sure. yeah what do you have a favorite like if there's been a play or a um, movie or an animated version I don't just do you have a favorite version of again a uh, Christmas Carol yeah the
2: Disney cartoon um, with Jiminy Cricket with Jiminy Cricket and um, <laughs> I'm trying to think who is who plays Scrooge in that
1: Man, I should uh, Scrooge McDuck, isn't it?
2: Oh, it is Scrooge. Yeah, of course it is. It's, of, <laughs> of course it is. But then it also makes, makes sense. I think the Muppet Christmas Carol is elite as well. Oh, I lo- that's a good one. Lo- so maybe actually now that I said that, I think the Muppet Christmas Carol is is my favorite because
1: I'm a big Muppets fan. <laughs> That's an awesome one. I'm trying to think like I don't know if there this one would be appropriate for everybody or not. But do you remember the one with Bill Murray where they did kind of like a modern take on it? No,
2: I don't know if I've seen
1: that. Oh, uh, god, what was it? it? Was I don't know if it was called a Christmas carol though. Huh. But it was basically the Okay. Yeah, Christmas Carol by okay. Huh. Oh, Scrooged is what it was called. Scro- 1988. Scrooged. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> and for some reason, like I couldn't tell you. I don't even know if I should be recommending this or not. But I've got like I've got some memory of uh-huh. this this movie that's like kind of seared into me. And that's what I love. There's there's ones that took it very literally, but there's been all sorts of kind of spin-off remakes yeah. or modernizations of this sure. tale as well. Now I feel um,
2: like I need to go to the li- the library after this, go and get that freaking book cuz I've never read the book and I feel like I need to sit down with that with Charles Dickens and then I could tell people I've read a Charles Dickens book. There you go. That sounds like a great idea. So and now, get while you're
1: at it, check out Scrooge cuz I think you'll laugh. <laughs> Bill Murray's funny. Uh, now, here's one thought for you that don't but watch the, that one with your daughter, though. I no, know, I I know enough about it to go. Just <laughs> it's to tell not, you that, not
2: family friendly, not Christmas Eve. Uh, no. Oh yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it's not probably not bad in
1: 1988, but.
2: So I wonder, like, when we say someone's a Scrooge, we we say that because of who Scrooge was in in the in the in the story, but it's been that influential, right? Yeah. So I, I guess I was kind of wondering if maybe that w- meant that before. And maybe Dickens just used that word because it meant something in, in the English language. So that's I'm, interesting. Which came first? The which, chicken or the yeah, egg? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. The man or the or the I'm uh, gonna find out. I'm I'm trying. You're, you're looking it up on Google right now. Uh, because it in that I mean it's almost like the same thing with doubting Thomas in, <laughs> in, the, in the scripture. We don't th- we can't think of, of Thomas the disciple um, as anything other than doubting Thomas, which is kinda sad. Right. <laughs> I feel like he did some other good things. From, <laughs> took the gospel yeah. to India. Forget
1: his <laughs> ministry after he was transformed. Yeah, okay. a doubter. <laughs> I won't believe it if I don't touch it. One, one line. Poor guy, I know. Um, interesting. Okay, so Dickens selected Scrooge as a character surname with equal care. The name creates a distinct sound. When spoken aloud, mm. reflecting Dickens' understanding of his readers who would enjoy the story as a family. So it was planned to read okay. out loud. Yeah, It combines "scrouge," a term meaning to squeeze or to press, oh. with gouge, to cheat or to swindle. So it's a blending wow. of those two words. Look at that. Oh, my God. Look at See, that. I'll tell you what, folks. I learned something today on the podcast.
2: Folks, you better take this knowledge that just got dispensed and do something good with it. Impress somebody Thank in your you. life.
1: Look at that. <laughs> Man, it's so good. Good question, This is ben. getting off like, to a, a good start today. The, <laughs> this, is, this is why you just, you got to keep, curiosity. That's right. It's key to discovery. <clears throat> Very good. Man, I just feel like my, I feel like we should just turn it off now and go <laughs> home. But anyway, mind blown.
2: And, and now I feel bad because for Scrooge because kind of like the Grinch and kind of like, uh, uh, what, what was I saying? Oh, Doubting Thomas. We still use that name in such a, you know, even though Scrooge is redeemed. So anyways, just. I know. Not, not someone who's been transformed. Right. We, all right. right. Mm, we, you Aww. could preach a sermon on that, man. Oof. Gonna get me speaking in tongues over here. <laughs> <All> right.
1: <laughs> Sticking with our Christmas theme, this day in history. Well, it's a national celebration, actually, this day in history. December 20th is National Go Caroling Day. So once upon a time Christmas celebrations wouldn't have been anything without caroling and this is exactly what is celebrated on mm. Go Caroling Day on December 20th. Mm. It's all it's about nothing else but merrily singing songs from door to door in the spirit of the holiday season. Christmas carols were very popular decades ago before there was digital entertainment to distract us. As it became more and more uncommon to sing carols uh, aloud, Go Caroling Day tries to revive and preserve this classic Tradition. So, Ben, do you did you do any caroling growing up, or and when's the last time you
2: went caroling? Oh yeah, oh yeah. tons of church, you know, caroling events. Going to the nursing home, mm-hmm. and you know, we took Eliana back when we lived in Manhattan to the nursing home to do some caroling. And I remember walking into one such home, and there were some people who were in rough shape, mm. uh, you know, shriveled and in wheelchairs, and that was the first time that she saw people who looked like that and it was really disturbing to her and she got really sad and and started crying and so it was an opportunity to in the midst of singing songs to them and and trying to bring hope to them of teaching Eliana that uh you know God loved them and you know that they um you know there was no need to, to to feel um Sad or upset for them, but just know that they were receiving good care and had people that loved them. And uh, but yeah, I remember going to the nursing homes with with uh, churches and and um, some of my favorites were going on um, the uh, like a trailer with hay on it, going on hay rack rides, I guess is what you'd call it, and going hmm. around just down the streets of of town, uh, just singing. You know, And not necessarily stopping, just singing and and letting people who are getting home from work or out in their yards or whatever, or just maybe they hear you coming down the street like you're the ice cream truck, and they'll come out as as you're singing and get to wave. It's such a special thing. And then the best part about it is at the very end, you can't go caroling without
1: having hot chocolate and cookies. There you go. Got to do it. The way to be. That is. What about you? We and so yeah, we did it. I mean, I don't remember when I was a kid, but we did do some of it in Hawaii a little bit. Mm. But where I really distinctly remember it was in Florida because it wasn't it wasn't such a sacrifice. <laughs> yeah in yeah, florida sure. you're like actually it's a little hot i'm kind of sweating out here that's right um take off this christmas sweater <laughs> and so that yeah that, that made it kind of difficult but I, I remember in in ministry doing it up in in spokane washington so all my church stops i think we've done it and we really tried to involve the kids so one of the things that we would do is is bring them together and do cookie decorating beforehand oh yeah nice and so yeah we'd we'd mm. do those and then again they'd get to eat cookies and um, we'd pack bags for the neighborhood to just kind of invite them to, to church and stuff. And so we always had all these families, but then there's like this amoeba of children. Nice. And you try to get them like all to just grab one bag and kind of run up there and and one of them would put it up there. Mm-hmm. But oftentimes they all just wanted to go together. So it was like these yeah. poor people like would come out and see like this mass of children um on their porch <laughs> or whatever, and be like, oh, what's going on here? Um but it was funny. That was uh, late enough in the game to where I think Caroling was odd. Yes. Cuz I remember yeah. like people would pull out their their cameras and start like <laughs> recording for social media. Like yeah. what is this strange <laughs> this phenomenon thing these people are doing from yeah. years gone by. Like it <laughs> was just so it was really interesting that um you know between like in florida it was like people kind of expected it and yeah. then you know a decade later yeah. um when Pacific i'm doing Northwest. it up in spokane washington <laughs> you could just you could see yeah. that it was like sure this was not something people were accustomed to anymore yeah i mean you um, so go I, from the I felt Bible like belt. i can feel like when they describe uh, trying to revive this i can kind of feel that it has yeah. uh dropped off in some way yeah um but it's yeah, it was always kind of fun to do, and like you said, you go home and warm up with some hot chocolate That's afterwards. Nice. Um, That's so good. And so I'm just I'm curious, what do you think led to the the like this idea of caroling just being an oddity?
2: I think like you kind of pointed at it. I mean, they get out their phones and they start recording it. <laughs> um, it's like years ago. What what did we do with our free time before streaming and internet and tablets and like that that's i guess that's a good question because i don't my only experience as as an adult in this world is with all of these technologies that mm. connect me to all of these different things and so man life must have just been so boring before <laughs> like going caroling was like well got nothing else to do let's just go <laughs> gotta, let's get out there <laughs> let's do something um but i think also another thing is you see this in the way that we interact with people around us, our neighbors, um, less people spend time on their front porch and spend mm-hmm. more time on their back porches nowadays. And um, we, we pull up into our, into our garages, close the door, we go into our homes, and we don't have to see or speak to any of our neighbors. And so um, you think back to, to years gone by where uh, people seem to be more... Neighborly, I guess. Um, yeah. Used to, um, we're just more up for that kind of social interaction than than what we are. And part of it's because we're so busy. Um, uh, but you know, the, thankfully, there are still some churches and, and still some groups and people that that try to make it a a special mm. thing. You know, even though it's not as popular as it used to be.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. I was doing some like social science reading. Mm-hmm. And just on that kind of phenomenon, how architecture, one, ref- reflected what was happening to us as a society, but also probably yeah. like encouraged certain types of behavior. Mm. And one of the things was that idea of, you know, in what now are more urban environments, you probably used to have, again, those smaller streets where people walked them, front porches where everybody was seeing everybody, but the move to the suburbs rather than spend money on a front porch, yeah. you spent money on a garage and, like you said, a backyard mm. with a fence. Yeah, And that just has become more and more normal. And then, yeah, you add technology to that. Now you're even probably moving from the backyard yeah, to where people probably aren't sitting out by the bonfire. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. They're actually just de- right down in the basement. Sure. Like you said, let's binge watch that new <laughs> Netflix series or whatever. <laughs> sure. uh, and it's just, yeah, so it's yeah. interesting how some of those things like you reflect what's already happened, but also in 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 ways can encourage mm. something and like on the very surface level, yeah, it's like well, there's nothing necessarily wrong with that, but then when you scope it out and you just see how it really does shape how we interact with each other as sure. as humans on a whole it's pretty it's pretty alarming, yeah,
2: yeah, and you know part of it I think is back. Years ago and I don't know where Where it ended but it seems like Stopping by people's houses knocking on Their doors when you didn't know Them wasn't as crazy as it Is now you know I mean you have all these Door-to-door salesmen you don't know Who's we're just always suspicious of When someone rings our doorbell And it's and it's not expected like Yeah you know and so and so that's Kind of the whimsy of this whole thing is that It's supposed to hide close the blinds Duck Change channel. <laughs> so, yeah, it's it's so I, I don't know. A part of part of what, what I think is so cool about it nowadays is when people do it, especially do, going door to door and knocking and singing a song or so. Um, part of it is it can be so joyful for somebody who's who's open. You know, especially yeah. especially older folks. They just, it's a, it's it's their generation, and so I hope people keep caroling as, as long Stop. as possible.
1: Well, it's interesting. I like um, the one sociologist I was reading was it was the front porch was this like median space, yeah. Because yeah. now we've got this thing when someone knocks on our door, you either have to like <clears throat> go go outside, yeah. Uh, um, where there's there's no real space to engage with them, or sure. you have to invite them into your space that you're not really comfortable with, or yep. stand awkwardly kind of between the two. Yeah, right, right. Uh, whereas the front porch, it provided a place where you're not having someone enter into your personal space, yep. but you could still engage with them and sure. not make them feel like, why don't you just leave? Yeah. And he tied this like one of the things that's really like the rise of Starbucks and stuff was because we lost these places on our Mm -hmm. homes. Mm -hmm. You had places like Starbucks or various uh, coffee cafes or different thing that really became interesting. You're and and filled this role that we needed as humans, which is just kind of of interesting. And so, yeah, I don't know. I don't know everybody. One, we bought a house with a front porch and we love it. That's awesome. So we'll sit out there and we'll wave to our neighbors. And I don't know. If you're thinking about investing in your place, you might you know, think about a front porch. A folks, front but, porch. I love it. And and yeah, make those carolers feel welcome. <laughs> that's right.
2: If you have a if you have cookies, bring it out to them or if that's, that's else, just smile at them and
1: tell them merry christmas. I love it. Um so my I think uh my wife lined up a bunch of kids from the church to go to um her where her uncle's at, the nursing home oh, yeah. he's at. Awesome. So okay, we're going to be doing it this week. Um, I don't know if we're doing it on the 20th. I don't think so. It's the 22nd, I think. Okay. There you go. Sweet. All right. So we had a sermon this week. Cindy preached. Um, and... Kind of continuing guys Christmas series, and I know she really keyed in on the theme of of joy, and I liked it because yeah. are you are you doing Oh come all you bitter and broken, or this was kind of that week, right?
2: Yeah, this was the week, and and she kind of leaned into yeah Psalm ninety eight and more of of the third Sunday uh, the theme of joy. Yeah, so I'm and I actually do,
1: thought yeah. it was uh, I mean it's kind of an, an invitation to mm-hmm. those who are bitter and broken to yep. step into to joy which can feel so unnatural. Yes. Um, And so as I was kind of thinking through that, I really enjoyed that. Absolutely. But I thought we would actually just, the bulk of her message, um, she said lots of good things, but that middle chunk was really Hmm. just sitting in in Psalm 98. And so I thought I'd I'd read it aloud. Sure. And then we could kind of discuss it together. Because I was just, as she was talking about it, I'm like, this is a great psalm. Yeah. So I thought we'd, we'd camp in it for a bit. Sounds good. Psalm 98. Sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm have worked salvation for him. The Lord has uh, made his salvation known and revealed his righteousness to the nations. He has remembered his love and his faithfulness to Israel, and the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth burst into jubilant song with music, Make music to the Lord with the harp, with the harp and the sound of singing, with trumpets and the blast of the ram's horn. Shout for joy before the Lord, the King. Let the sea resound and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. Let the rivers clap their hands. Let the mountains sing together for joy. Let them sing before the Lord, for he comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world in righteousness and the peoples with equity. Love it. It's a beautiful good song.
2: It really is. The basis so, of, of Joy to the World. Oh, well, No, go no. the, the basis of, of Joy to the
1: World. Ah, that would make sense. Mm-hmm. How have I never noticed that? <laughs> Scrooge blew my mind. Joy to the World, Psalm 98. Boom. Boom. There it is. <laughs> Love it. So ben, just... <laughs> this is, I mean. Ben. This has been an education today, brother. <laughs> Fantastic. They're so good. Oh, so good. <laughs> <laughs> all right. that That's going to stick with me today. Um, so what jumps out at you, especially in the mm-hmm. first three verses, just about the salvation of the Lord, which really is kind of the basis of this mm-hmm. joy mm-hmm. he speaks of?
2: I uh, really keyed in on the end of verse three, all mm-hmm. the end of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. So there is there's no no parts of the earth that can say, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> that mm-hmm. doesn't have a reason to sing to the Lord a new song. And um and so and it's based on his acts, his marvelous things that he's done He's made known and revealed his righteousness to the nations. So again, there's another to the ends of the earth, mm-hmm. to the nations. It's yeah, he. He's an equal opportunity mm. giver of of life and good things to the people of the earth.
1: Well, that's I, I loved how the psalmist here he takes like that phrase right hand and holy arm. That mm. I think really is drawing upon language of the Exodus account. Oh, yeah. Which makes you think Mm -hmm. of Israel, so it makes sense that he mentions that. Sure. But I love how he takes that and, like you said, extends it to the nations, the ends of the earth, and starts to weave in all of these creation elements to really reinforce, like we are talking about the entire cosmos. Mm. Um, Yeah. And so it's uh, tying... um, again, that almost big-picture salvation to those things that he's done in the past. So just, yeah. It was beautifully done, yeah, I thought. For sure. um, but yeah, that universal yeah. Uh, language to the... that Yeah, it's, it's not just for this one-people group, but for everybody is um, yeah. very exciting and makes a great basis for something like a song, Joy to the World, go From Yeah,
2: and it's interesting because that song, Joy to the World, uh, was not written... Uh, to be a Christmas or Advent song, there's really nothing in that hymn hmm. that talks about the birth of Jesus. Um, I forget how it actually got attached to it. I think it's because the Lord is come. But you, you know, you could, you could, you know, that's a that's appropriate at, at all times uh, of the year. So, um, anyways, the uh, uh, Isaac Watts was the one who wrote uh, "Joy to the World." Uh, originally, he was the one who who penned that back in the 17, 1700s, and somehow it got attached to our Christmas celebrations, which is okay with me because I love it. But yeah. you could sing it any time of the. But year. But we could break it out in July
1: if we wanted. Yeah,
2: please. Yeah, we're, if Christmas is July. Let's do it. It's I
1: great, love it. I it's love so it. Good. Um. <laughs> and just uh, I, the other thing I loved was, and, and there's this call to respond right to the yeah. salvation yeah. of God that we're we're witnessing. Um, and I thought we'd just talk about it a little bit. What, like, what do you see about this this invitation that we have? Mm-hmm. How should we respond to the salvation of the Lord?
2: Uh, if you can sing, sing. If you can shout, shout. If you can <laughs> talk about it, talk about it. Whatever, whatever it, we can do to not—I I think this is really the, the key—is not hindering that joy, not putting a, a cap on that joy, and. I don't know. I mean, you kind of want to see sometimes in church when we're singing songs like Joy to the World and other songs that talk about having these emotions. It's always interesting to notice the facial expressions of the people mm. <laughs> as they're singing these songs
1: joy to the world yeah <laughs> yes.
2: i mean that's really so think about what you're singing and that's what john wesley writes in the his mm. preamble to the the wesleyan to the methodist hymnal pay attention mm. to what you're singing and let your let your emotions reflect the words that you're singing and and i love how it's not just the voice then he says make music to the lord include the harp include trumpets ram's horn. It's funny, there's a group of Christians, the Church of Christ, which uh, as, as a Christian church we're related to, we're cousins. But uh, a part of the Church of Christ sect, they do not use instruments in their worship. They think it's unbiblical. And so I don't know what they do with Psalm 98. So <laughs> get out your get out your, I mean, if you don't have instruments, use the voice that God gave you. But if you have an Amen. instrument, get it out and make a joyful noise.
1: Dude, my I gave my dad a shofar. I might have to get it and start mm. blasting it during our worship services. <laughs> I love it. Uh,
2: that'd be so awesome. Well,
1: it was, like, I, it was funny. Like we used to do the conch shell in Hawaii. Oh yeah, that's kind of like a call to worship. Certain <sighs> certain churches would do that. I love that. Um, Culturally, and so it's kind of like their version of the oh, ram's horn. Absolutely, so. that'd be fun. Okay, I don't know if you're listening and you're from like a different culture. Yeah. Might be fine to go through that list and go. Hey, of... if we were to do a little cultural um, version of Psalm ninety-eight verses four through six, what would we put in there?
2: What would we include? Yeah, that's right. That's a good, yeah. that's a good question.
1: Yeah, might be kind of fun thing. Since Absolutely. you know it's for um, all nations, I yeah. think we could have the the Hawaiian version. I think so. Who knows? No, that could be fun. There's, be your fun. fun. Be There's your assignment if anyone wants to tackle it. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> love Oh, uh, and that's what I, look, this is loud. Like yeah. what I love about this response to God's salvation is it's loud. Oh man. Yeah. I mean, yeah. there's jubilant music and mm. I'll tell you what, I know a ram's horn and trumpets, they ain't, they ain't quiet.
2: I was going to say, and, and you think about how music makes us feel and, and all of the songs that we sing that make us happy, that just inspire us to sing along. I mean, I think about all the secular songs that we sing, that you just hear the first note of that song, and it just gets us going, and it it should be that way uh, when we come into worship.
1: Mm, Amen. So creation joyfully worships, right, as God comes to judge the earth, verses 7 through 9 record. How do you think those verses, um, like you said, this maybe isn't just for Advent, but it does certainly get at the heart of what the Advent season is about. Um, so how does it help us really orient to the purpose of advent
2: a big part of advent is the the waiting aspect mm. and of course now our waiting our advent is the waiting for jesus to appear and for mm. his day of uh, for the day of the lord as we call it and it's a day where where he's going to judge and what I love is that we're talking about a joyful hymn, and we've talked about this in previous episodes about how God's judgment, I'm th- there, there's a fear factor there for for those who want to stand before God in pride. Mm. That's not going to work out too well for you. Um, but for, but for those who whose longing is for the coming of Jesus, that day of judgment is is not a scary thing. That day of judgment no, is, is that's what we need, and that's what we're waiting for. That's when. Uh, Hamas uh, and the people who do these horrible things—that's when uh, child rapists and, and kidnappers and mm-hmm. um, when 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 people who lie and cheat and steal and they do it all for for their own benefit, for the for, for their own for their own sake—that's when when God's going to set things right, and that's that's Amen. what we're waiting on.
1: Well, I love that this this image and and hope and celebration of His coming to judge. And and the and the logic of the psalm comes after he has revealed himself yeah. um, in righteousness to the nations. That he's mm. again all the ends of earth have seen his salvation. So it's not that there the, again. There's been this invitation to participate in the salvation side of that. Yeah. Which by the end we should we should get to it again. If you're like you said, if you're on uh, the right side of that judgment, it is a beautiful and wonderful moment when all things are made new and right. Yeah. Um, yeah, right. Amen. And I think it's so easy to forget that uh, that, that uh, proposition of judgment comes after, mm. again, God making known his strong right hand and inviting everyone to step into the salvation right. and righteousness yes. that he offers. Yes,
2: yes, that judgment doesn't come uh, <laughs> un- until there's the opportunity to, to, to step into the light and to, to become a citizen of God's kingdom. And Amen. so, either you can step into that kingdom now, and and when that kingdom is going on for eternity, you're a part of it, or you could say, "I'm going to be a part of, of the kingdom of the world that's going to fade away. It's going to burn away."
1: Boom. Which one do you choose? <laughs> <laughs> <Ta-da>! <laughs> so, I mean, I tell Cindy, thank you for yeah. a wonderful message. Yeah, I like I wouldn't have been looking at Psalm 98 this week if she hadn't yeah. uh, taken and sat with it. So, I, I, I appreciated that. Yeah, her.
2: Absolutely. Well, now you guys continued in your awesome series, didn't
1: you? We did. We were to the God with us, uh, exploring this theme of Emmanuel. And this week we were looking so at good. the uh, incarnation. And uh David Parish, he's a professor of history at College of the Ozarks and a deacon at our church, um, shared with us. And I love, I love David because he is he's a brilliant thinker. Um And so he he was so funny. He's We talked. Many times leading into this service, and he's like, "Do you know how many heresies I could step in?" (laughs) Talking about the incarnation, so he was a little worried. But he did a great job. He he just he talked first about just answering the question: What is the incarnation? This idea of God um, putting on flesh. And then uh, after he established that biblically, he moved into um, sharing why the Incarnation. Good. And he didn't spend a lot of time on these five points, but I thought we would um, just yeah. look at them briefly and sure. just see if there's any one of the five that kind of resonates what we've been thinking and processing this Advent season. Yeah, um, And I, he, I believe he got these from Graham Cole, who wrote the book, The God Who Became Human. Hmm. But five reasons of why the Incarnation. Hmm. One, To provide a substitutionary sacrifice for the sins of all humanity, Mm. Hebrews 10, 1 through 10. Number two, to reveal God to humanity, John 14, 7 through 11. Number three, to provide a high priest interceding for us who can sympathize with our weakness, Hebrews 4, 14 through 16. Number four, to offer a pattern for the fullness of human life, First John 2, 6. And number five, to destroy the power of the devil, yes. Hebrews 2, 11 through 15. Wow. And so I just, again, I'm sure there's, you could do a list longer than five, but I thought those were five excellent sure. <laughs> reasons. And yeah. I mean, they're all worth thinking about, but as as you've been just I don't know. I'm thinking about the work of what Jesus did and what He will come to do this Advent, is there any of those that just like, man, that's really <laughs> capturing something I've been pondering lately? Heck yeah, man! Number five mm. uh,
2: reminds me of the Serpent mm. Crusher uh, from Genesis three fifteen mm-hmm. to destroy the power of the devil. You know the Amen. I mean, that's really the and then and then from there, I mean, what what a what a brilliant and. Intimidating <laughs> message, for, you know, to put that together. Like you're hitting on some some big major themes there of of the incarnation. And uh, I, how long was the sermon? Was it a-
1: you, uh He went longer than he normally yeah. does. I think yeah. I'm not sure. I'd have to. I should. You. I just put it up on the internet. You think I'd know? Um, <laughs> but yeah, he definitely uh, yes. kind of sat there for a while. And I I hadn't. I mean, number five. It funny. It's funny. It didn't hit me. I was like, why is the incarnation? required for that but like you said if you connect it back to genesis three fifteen and the yeah. seed of woman yeah being the one who's promised and yeah. yeah it totally is sure um mm. and ah oh, the snake crusher man i love it and, and that's, that's really it's it's kind of that's wow. one that kind of hit me too just because we we're coming out of the exodus story where mm. pharaoh is so yeah. depicted as that serpent yeah. figure right that you've got this anticipation so he kind of he had uh, that series it kind of primed me for that point as he drove mm. Drove that one home. Wow. Um,
2: well, there you go. That's good. I, I yes, yeah, I, I love that. So, did he quote from uh, Saint Athanasius at all during the message? He didn't. Okay. You can That's, you can shame him. <laughs> That's all right. No, he's he could probably shame me by watching one oh. of my sermons. And
1: <laughs> I love on it. Um. So he, what he did, he, like he said, he didn't spend a lot of time on this fight. But he he said one of the things he wanted to talk to that talk about that kind of ca- captured most of them, uh, maybe not all of them, but some of them, is this idea of um, the 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 our limitations as, as a human that we like yeah. we can't be God. Right. Um, yeah. That many of those truths are again we're sinners who who need a substitutionary mm-hmm. sacrifice. Again, when God is revealed, I think we're we're reminded, hey, we're not Him. Hmm. Again, we need a high priest. Um, we need uh, someone to pattern and model for us um, that we're probably not going to be able to destroy the devil on our own. Um, all these things True. are are kind of acknowledged that we're human and limited. Hmm. But Jesus, in becoming human, really I think affirms the goodness of our humanness. Yeah, is yeah. one of the things that He wanted to kind of bring out. Sure. And so he shared this quote, which I thought was really worth pondering. He says, uh, this is from Kelly Capic in her book, You're Only Human. Mm. Limitations are a gift, not a deficiency. We are, by God's good design, finite. Okay. Yeah, I can get behind that.
2: I can get behind that.
1: So he kind of raised the issue of this this is uh, one of the things they probably wrestled with back mm. in the garden. Yeah. And I i thought yeah. we did, we'd talk about this. How does refusing to accept our human limitation given to us by God lead us back to that same sin that Adam and Eve fell prey to in the garden?
2: So one of the interpretations that I've heard about the garden, Adam and Eve biting the apple, is sort of there's this sense of, of growing up. And mm. maybe the knowledge of good and evil was off-limits to them at that point, but there's mm. no saying that maybe... Time goes on in their relationship with God, and there was a time and a place for that knowledge to come in. Mm. Perhaps that's that's just some theory. And so the idea is, their little kids—I mean, I don't know what age they were when they were grown, but sure. in their thinking, I mean, they're—they th- have so much learning to do, but yet they reach out for this power, this understanding that would lay a weight on them that they weren't. Yet ready for like a, like a kid who, um, wants to drive a car. Mm. And I remember getting in, into our van one time after church and my dad gave me the keys to start the car and get warmed up. And I turned it on and something I did when I turned it on, cause I also mm. messed with it, with the lever, with the gear lever and kind of bumped into the fence in front of me. Yeah, you know, I didn't understand how to to operate that just yet. and so I mm-hmm. tried. And so there's a part of me that it's like how many of us wish we can go back to those days of being kids where your parents, they're the ones who stress and worry about the bills, paying this and that and you have no idea the weight and the stress that they go through. Like you're just like you're living this naive life, food on the table, bed to sleep on, heat and air conditioning. You go to school, you go home, you have people that love you, right? I mean, there's that time that that childlike innocence that come with those limitations mm. that when we grow up, those things become stripped away more and more. And, you know, with responsibility responsibility is fun, you know, but I, I remember when I became 16 and got my driver's license and started driving around having a good time, but then mom wanted me to start running errands for her, then it wasn't just about me driving around and hanging out with my friends <laughs> you know and, and mm-hmm. now as <laughs> the the longer you drive the more driving is just some it's you get from point A to point B it's nothing more nothing less unless you're
1: in a Corvette or something but <laughs> yeah and that, and that's i mean there's just something interesting about that garden depiction of there there's something that was left to the created finite creature to just trust god with
2: 100% yeah
1: and that is really that the enemy attacks that, doesn't he? Yeah. yeah. And so there's this this idea or longing, right, for to to be unlimited. I that it reminds me of that show Limitless. Like yeah. they even call it that, right? Like yeah. if I could yeah. just take the magic pill. That's right. Um yeah. it's funny because there's like there's lots of this gets this idea gets explored a lot. Oh yeah. Um right. In our media, sure. actually, um, and so it's just a fun one to go. Okay, this there's something to that. Just looking at it through the lens of limitations, which is not not the only way to frame sure. the garden account. But I thought it was a worthwhile mm. uh, thought to ponder. I love it. Um, so that funny. accepting our limits and leaving something to mm. trust God with, to depend on Him for, mm. um, is that that was what the good life was. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Gosh. So thanks, God Thanks. Previous ancestors, yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, the other thought and the last one, I just want to talk. He's shared a lot, dude. I'm telling you, like this guy was unpacking <laughs> some things. But um, the other thought that he had was seeing limitations as an opportunity to love and to be loved. Mm. Mm. And oh, god, it was mm. so good. Like I would just—it was one of those ones where I'm like, I'm gonna go home and have a cup of coffee okay. and sip mm. on that for a while. So, how do how, thinking through like our refusal to accept limitations yeah. actually prevent us from being loved by others? But also, I think is becomes an obstacle to us mm. uh, willingly expending ourselves sacrificially to to love others as well. Um, mm. Wow!
0: What do you that, think? That
1: is that
2: is a that is a ponder worthy <laughs> statement. I'm I'm thinking through. Accepting our limitations, uh, you know. Um, hmm. How about How about you start this off? Because I okay. I, the wheels are. Yeah, turning well, I've, I, I've gotten. I've head. gotten to
1: sit with it for a day and a half. So yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So the the, the 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 idea that when we accept our limits, right, we can acknowledge God. I need help. I can't do it on my own. So we can receive. God's love, yeah. and in that same way, I think when we're in Christian community, the moment we're able to say, "Like Ben, I've got a need, brother. Like, can yeah. you? Can you?" And and you you become open gotcha. to people meeting yes. that need. Whereas when we're self sufficient, we actually like we we take away people's ah. opportunity to love us. Yeah. yeah. And then I think on the other end, mm. it prevents us from loving because when we have that expectation that we could be without limits. I think we start to project that on others, yeah. and so when other people have limits or needs, what we, what happens is we become frustrated, and we look at that guy and we're like, "Get a job." Yeah, what's wrong with you? Right. Um, and, ra- and rather story. than go, you know what? No, there's real limits there, and mm. I could sacrificially come and meet that need. Yeah, I think it. it that kind of expectation of ourselves, we start to project outward and therefore we start, um, I think stepping over human need rather than Mm. um, getting our hands dirty and starting to meet those needs. Um, So yeah, he threw that idea out there and I've just been, I
2: mean, I'm I'm thinking of like a marriage
1: relationship,
2: mm. accepting our limitations, um, accepting boundaries that keep us in a fruitful relationship with our spouses, uh, there's, there's a part where you die to your, to yourself and to, uh, maybe other desires that we have as humans. Mm. And that's for some people, they may, they may say, well, that's just a straight jacket, you know, or they may, you know, look Mm -hmm. down on commitment, a lifelong commitment. But for those who do that with a, with a Christ honoring, uh, heart and mind. I mean, it's one of the most fulfilling things. I mean, to see someone, I mean, here at, I'm sure at your your church, uh, here at Y Park and many of the churches I've served, I've, I've met, (laughs) uh, couples that have been married for 60, 70 years and, and to see the love that they share through all of those years, um, you know, that they've been through good and bad through ups and downs. Um, but there's something so fulfilling so beautiful about that life commitment that's based on really leaning into some of those those limitations uh, mm. and, and turning off you know certain desires that they would have to seek something outside of the boundaries of that relationship mm. and um, some people it's some for some people it's hard to see you know the good in the midst of difficult, seasons when, when you're in a relationship. Um, but, uh, gosh, I guess one of the encouragements would be to, to just lean into that because as, as you said, there is that opportunity when you're going through difficulties in life to have a partner, have, have, have a, have a wife mm. or a husband who, uh, they, to, to know that you're loved unconditionally. Uh, there there's, I mean, I don't know if there's any better gift than that you know mm. to to realize that to really in in your mind know that the person that i'm with loves me despite all my flaws mm. my personality you flaws you know it's funny
1: sarah and i in premarital we we joke with um people were kind of working with on the key to our marriage being low expectations. <laughs> uh, and I've always said it that way. And I'm like, I that doesn't quite this. I, I actually yeah. like this language of limitations because I might change that because uh, I always have to say that one okay. kind of jokingly, yeah. but I mean it yeah. in, in a way, yeah. right. but maybe the key to our, our marriage is accepting each other's limitations. Yeah. That might be a better oh, way that's good. to get at the same idea. That's good.
2: Yeah, that's good. Like, Mm. like I don't—I've got a six-pack. It's just not showing right now. That's that's one of my (laughs) limitations. So it's just hiding. So, mm, man, that's good, dude. This is—I think this episode's been worth listening to. There's there's a lot of thought bombs, and so if you've listened this far, then (laughs) you are just going to be—you're probably a better person right now than you were about 50 minutes ago. I am. I had lots of (laughs)
1: mind-blowing things. And
2: I wrote the script here. What happened? I don't even know.
1: <laughs> That's great, man.
2: God is good. That's wow. right. I love it. Wow. Um, wow. So now looking at the calendar. So next week's kind of Christmas time. So I'm going to assume we will probably be we'll be doing a break from from the podcast for for next week. Um, and on then,
1: Christmas Day, we should probably do that. There you That'd go. probably be wise. Probably would be wise. I think. Spend We're going to be good husbands families. here. That's right. Accept our limitations. We can't be two places at once. There
2: it is. I like that. <laughs> i like that so we'll take a break next week and then uh we, we can uh well and we actually just do two weeks because then you got new year's day i don't know what we'll be doing so anyways we'll, we'll be back
1: yet. that's true think, yeah so. let's just let's just say we're, we're taking, two, we're weeks taking off, two weeks enjoy off folks enjoy the holidays that's right
2: listen to some podcast episodes you haven't listened to so some of you are are catching up i know that so just all right and we'll
1: come back with some new year's resolutions we're not going to keep it'll be fantastic <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That'd be so awesome. Oh my gosh! Uh, any other final thoughts, brother?
2: I, you know, I just wish you all uh, Merry Christmas there in in Branson, and uh, hope your celebrations with the church and with the family are meaningful and spirit filled. Just everything that you need, and then I also pray for just some relaxing time after that as well.
1: Well, back at you, brother. I Thank appreciate you. it. Yeah. Well, baldy buddies. Have a great week and beware of the bears. Grace and peace out.